Welcome to the Tobin School Podcast. This is Mr. Gordon. This week, our wonderful special education teacher, Mrs. McDonald, stops by to talk about her first career in journalism. She shares her daughter Zoe's inspirational story, and she estimates how many times she's cried in front of Mr. T. Um, I then open the mailbag in which Miss Aird has a heartfelt message for our Tobin community. Thanks for being here. Special education teacher, Mrs. McDonald is here. Hey, Carrie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. I know you've listened to some of the episodes, so I thought I would invite you on to be the guest. I need to listen to all of them, which is not easy to do. I know, you know, as a parent, but I put it on (laughs) cooking or in the car when I can. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the listener support. (laughs) otherwise I get canceled you know oh no (laughs) um so Carrie I'll start the same way I always start which is to say that um we each have a unique path that led us to the Tobin where does your story start how did it lead you to the Tobin well it's kind of wild that I have listened to some episodes and how many um teachers started in journalism but um I went to Northeastern University and studied journalism Uh, So there I worked at all types of places doing PR and writing and editing, um, including the Globe and in the arts section. So my thing was kind of more in the restaurants and um, fashion and theater kind of area. I didn't really want to do hard news, maybe a magazine or something at that point in my life. Um, But I was unsure about New York. um, And I think many of us adults that lived through 9-11, it kind of made me even more um, worried to go into crazy city life at that point, um, even though, you know, Boston was my home. Uh, And then when I started in the field, I I started um, in editing and worked at an education magazine in Austin and Stayed there for a couple of years and then um, took a leap to be more of a lifestyle editor at an events kind of company. And then when that company went under, I knew people at the Globe who got me back on the advertising side, but that just wasn't my jam. (laughs) So I started to think about what I wanted to do from there. And I started to go back to Emerson thinking maybe I wanted to do radio or something or production. And as I was in my first class, I was like, I don't know how much more money I can put into this and not know that it's gonna go somewhere. So uh, after some soul searching, I decided to get my master's in education. So while I worked at the Globe, I went at night through Teach Next here at UMass Boston. And um, if you're familiar with the program, it's kind of a lot like the Boston Teacher Residency Program where you get your master's in that year and also work for a full year. full-time in Boston Public Schools. So that's how I ended up in Boston Public Schools. I worked for a year at the Edison as a special ed and ESL teacher. Um, And like a lot of my colleagues have said, your first year, you're kind of bottom of the totem pole. And um, my principal talked to Ms. Harris, who was our principal at the time, and um, they scooped me up. So I started teaching ESL. Then I had a couple babies. and took some time off and um, 
when Miss Harvey was going through having her own children, she took over ESL. And when I came back, I was in the resource room special educator role. Um, so I've kind of done both of those things um, in my time in BPS, but it's been, I think it's my ninth year teaching, but I did take two years off with my children. And what, in your first year at the Tobin was when? Uh, 2011. Okay. So like, right, I think it was a year after I started there, maybe around, I believe. Yeah. I think I started there in 2010, I want to say. Um, so I have to ask what, when you, when you went back to Emerson and were considering, you know, further studies in journalism, um, what, what was the link between that and then deciding to get a master's in education? Do you have any educators in your family that you spoke to? I or? do. Okay. I do. I actually have a lot of strong female educators in my life, um, both as my experience growing up. And then um, my mom's best friend was a first grade teacher. So she let me come to her classroom to check it out. Um, my aunt is um, a former special ed teacher and now is like big in the AFT. Um, so yes, I grew, I, I mean, I grew up all around it. I think I was just, at the time I thought, okay, how can I use my writing and reading skills to help the, I was also in this position of like, I didn't feel like I wasn't doing enough for society or the world at the time um, as I got older and was just like selling ads or things like that was not my jam. Can you hear my dog snoring by the way? Sorry. I cannot hear dog snoring. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I'll let you know if it gets, if it gets too loud. Okay. Um, so I, I originally was like, maybe I'll just teach high school English um, and use my skills that way. And then when I started student teaching, I just couldn't stop thinking about babies and just that it, I felt so much more comfortable in that first grade classroom that I had visited. And some of my friends that were in Teach Next Year, they let me come visit their elementary classrooms because I was really struggling with what age I wanted to work with. Um, and that's kind of how I transitioned over. But I also was just really terrible in the production class I took, like really terrible, like <laughs> did like television production, like more like video editing. And I, I was bad. <laughs> like like how, you weren't on camera, right? You're behind, you're like on the editing Yeah, no, side. I never wanted to be on camera, which is so ironic because look at us now, like this, <laughs> this year is like what I never wanted to do. Um, like our whole life on Zoom this year? Yes, because I always said, no, I don't want to be in broadcast journalism. I don't want to see my face every day. And now look at us. Mm. Um, no, I, the software was really difficult for me. I am, I'm not a science brained person or um, it was just a very strange technology and I had a lot of fun like shooting things and like you know coming up with ideas like I'm a good idea person but that technical piece was not my jam mm -hmm. yeah well teaching is a great is a great career to go into if you're an ideas person right <laughs> <laughs> I so. yeah I think so um one of my favorite years at the Tobin was the year that you were put you pushed into my first grade classroom um, for ESL services, because we collaborated on like so many really fun projects, um, engaging projects. Um, I, do you remember those all about animals books that the kids made? Oh, absolutely. I still have some blanks in my house. Oh, do you? Um, I... Yeah, that class will always be my babies because <laughs> I've never been a classroom teacher. 
Um, so I rarely would have two and a half hours a day with anyone. So every day I got to have two and a half hours a day with them and you, and it was so cool. And then in the mornings we always planned together and we kind of became friends just in that time, I think. And, um, I worked with two other teachers that year who I became close to too. And it was just, it was such a like blessing to have just the three of you to focus on because it's so hard sometimes when I have like 10 teachers to work with, you can't devote that much attention as much as you want to. And um, yeah, that was one of my favorite years too. Can you believe that those kids are in eighth grade right now? No. I know. (laughs) I think I still have like somewhere, some of those all about animals books that they made which those were really cool they they were so good because they were actual like um books on like not it wasn't on just like lined paper or white paper they were um like almost laminated right Uh, I forget how we had them made we did donors choose yeah yeah that's what it was donors choose fancy books because one of my best memories from growing up was um my school had something called young authors I'm from Rhode Island so I don't know if they did it in Massachusetts but um it was, it was a book competition and you got to use those books, those formal books and feel like genuinely published every year and compete and um, the nerdy side of me loved that. No, that really, it really made a difference. Like having those actual books it made a difference for the students. They were, I remember how excited they were about it. They felt like real authors. So fun. Um, you just mentioned you, you are from Rhode Island. Yes. I, tell me if I'm making this up in my memory I, re- I remember that when you started the Tobin were you commuting from Rhode Island every morning not when I start well let me think back <clears throat> not when I started so I think when I started I was in Waltham okay um but at some point Dave um my husband did his clinical at Rhode Island Hospital so we ended up there for two years and the last year of which <laughs> I was pregnant walking from our apartment building to the train and then taking an hour train every day and then walking from there to the Tobin and huge, huge. (laughs) I'm in awe of the old me because today I don't know if that would happen. (laughs) Yeah, we do what we got to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what it was. I did remember you commuting to Rhode Island every day and I remember thinking how amazing that was and how you probably won um, the contest. I mean, it was nice because we didn't, we didn't have kids yet. Right. So we lived in an apartment building. It was right in the city. We could eat wherever we wanted on the weekend, uh, walk around everywhere. I didn't even own a car. Um, and I could get home. I could leave at 6am and I could get home at, you know, 6.30 PM and still like make dinner and all that. I didn't have commitments besides my husband, you know, I just had my job. So now it's unfathomable. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you still had like some time to yourself at night. Yeah. All right. of it. It was all mine. Those, those, were, those were the days, right, Karen? <laughs> those <were the> days. <laughs> well, speaking of your kids, so mm-hmm. you have um, your daughter, Zoe, and your son, Jackson. Yes. What ages, grades are they in right now? Um, so Zoe is seven. She'll be eight in March. She's in second grade. Um, and Jackson is five. He'll be six in like a week and a half. Oh my goodness. And he's in kindergarten. Wow. What an introduction to school, right? Oh my gosh, right? I mean, he went to pre-K and all that full time, but not um, at the public school. So 
yeah his first introduction to school is like the weirdest thing you mentioned to me earlier that they're they're both hybrid right now yes. so how how has that been for you balance you know balancing having them uh and their their remote weeks or and their the school is it week is it like week a week b or is it like monday tuesday thursday friday it's monday tuesday that they're in the building um but my town hasn't figured out lunch <laughs> so mm. jackson gets out by eleven forty. And um, Zoe has some services after that. So she's there till like 2.50. So I use my lunch to pick him up and my P&D to pick her up and then just do work after school if, mm-hmm. if um, I'm planning. And then um, Wednesdays it rotates. And then Thursday and Friday I have a babysitter come because um, it's just hard to keep them out of my space when I'm teaching or they need some assistance and they're just too young and not independent enough to run the show themselves <laughs> like I go down on lunch and cook lunch and stuff but um the beginning of the year was really rough um I took off October because it was not manageable yet they weren't really back and now we're kind of into a groove but it, I mean it's not 100% easy but sure surviving like everybody else yeah I think we were all just kind of learning on the fly figure, yeah. figuring out this new this new world um, so you mentioned Zoe, you mentioned, um, she, how she gets some services. So, and you mentioned, I know that you're, you're a special education teacher, which is very like kind of near and dear to your heart and very important to you because of, of, of Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk a little bit about Zoe and, and, um, I mean, she's such an amazing girl, but, um, could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I guess I ended up in the field prior to all of this happening, um, but she's definitely been the biggest like teacher for me, like way more than grad school and all that business. But um, yeah, so my daughter was born in 2013. Um, and, you know, nine months to a year later, we were noticing some missed milestones and all that. Um, and somewhere around there got her evaluated with early intervention. So I'm a big early intervention proponent. Um, if you're ever concerned with any of your children. Um, but I was a first time mom, so I didn't really even know what was going on or what time, you know, there's such long brackets of when things are normal. And um, we were kind of on that late end of normal for a lot of things uh, like walking and, but it soon came to be that it was obvious she wasn't speaking. Um, and, and pushing for more, I feel like it's always a pushing thing, right? So at two, two, they'll give you an early intervention, they'll give you a speech pathologist, but before two, it's, it's really a developmental person who likely just graduated college and I was pushing for um, an SLP um, because I knew something was going on there. So eventually I found some websites where I really identified with um, children who had apraxia, which is a motor speech disorder. Um, and found her someone locally that was fabulous um, and, and really used tactile responses to help her learn those motor pathways. And, uh, but it took till three and a half for her to really say any words. Um, and that's hard when you're in the situation. And I don't know how to describe that to anyone because uh, it's just like waiting for words like mama. 
and and things like that 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 were hard but um she's also just fierce and stubborn and awesome that uh she sticks with whatever's hard so she did get there where a lot of kids don't necessarily get there um we had bought the software for com communication device um we'd seen aac people at children's um in case she never was able to speak um but she also had problems with walking and running and jumping and um, writing and everything um, motor wise so uh, gross motor fine motor things and we started processes with so many doctors <laughs> uh, good and bad that you know neurology um one that i didn't like and then i kind of was standoffish about it for a while because i didn't feel like they even looked at her when we went in the office till I found one I really liked. And then um, an MRI was ordered and we saw some brain abnormalities, but still not like an answer. And we went through like four genetic testing rounds, I think before in August this year. So she was seven, wow. um, finding out she has coffin serous syndrome an arid 1B disorder, um, which is really on a spectrum of mild to severe. And luckily she's, on the milder side for these um, affected people, but um, she struggles a lot with motor things. And uh, some of it is just inspiring and some of it is heartbreaking. And um, so I really understand our kids who struggle. I understand their parents who want the best for them. Um, and I'll fight till the ends of the earth for that kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I've seen it. Well, and Zoe is just an, an amazing, amazing little girl. Um, I remember like at open houses years ago at the Tobin, how you would, you brought her with you to the open house because I don't know, I, I think maybe Dave had to work. went to daycare next door. Oh, that's right. She went to daycare right next door to the Tobin. Oh. And mm -hmm. I just like have these just vivid memories of her just playing with like the pattern blocks on my rug <laughs> as kids are just coming in and out with their families for open house. But um, yeah. uh, she's just such a strong and sweet, sweet girl. So there's not a mean bone in that girl's body. So um, she's, yes, very empathetic, very um, smart. She reads like crazy. Um, so her strengths definitely are to be noted. Um, yeah. I'm proud to be your mom. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that about, about her, Carrie. It's, it's inspiring and it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, so what, what, um, were you like as a kid going from, from your kid? I, I actually, we just skipped over Jackson. I feel like, <laughs> sorry, Jackson. She's like, of course, second child, it happens. I know. <laughs> um, I think that's why we're louder as second children. Right. You have to be. <laughs> My son is very funny, very funny. Uh, he does not like when you laugh at him though. And, and you have to explain that you're laughing like with him because he's so funny, but like, he's still angry about it, but he is so funny. Um, he's also super sensitive and just like the snuggliest. And then he's also just getting to be six and he's like really good at video games and things that I'm like, ah, can time stop? Um, <laughs> Yeah. So we're, I mean, he's good. He's, he's actually really good with everything that's going on. He's pretty independent as a kindergartner. I can't ask for much more from him. I probably don't tell him enough <laughs> how good he's doing with everything. Um, 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to a time when he can just enjoy real school. Right, right. <clears throat> what What were you like as a kid, Carrie? Um, I was a bit shy. Uh, I, I think I'm kind of how I am now. I've uh, clearly not shy with you guys anymore, but I think in a new crowd, I'm shy. And that's kind of how I was as a kid. I also moved twice. So I think the rebuilding of everything two times was like a little bit challenging. Not that they were far moves, but enough to take you out of your comfort zone. Um, I was kind of like an athletic nerd. Mm -hmm. Like I got along with everybody. I played sports, but I was also really into, um, you know, reading and doing well in school and um, all that stuff. Well-balanced, a well-balanced job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously life right now is, is pretty stressful. I mean, life is always stressful, but um, what are what are some ways you deal with stress? Uh, I've, I've tried to make this year since we've been home, like uh, working out a priority. So I do a lot of that. Um, pretty anxious person at baseline. So that mm -hmm. helps me a lot. Um, my dog helps, if you can hear him. Um, my kids help most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I even the other night, like it's so hard. You and I were talking before the pod, but um, it's so hard to keep your energy up at night once you've gone through a day of like making sure your kids are done with everything and everyone's eaten and everything's clean and your work is done. But the other night, I'm like, as soon as I sign off work, we're going sledding. <laughs> and it was one of the best nights we've had in forever because it was just like, I'm not going to worry about me getting back and doing the bike. I'm not going to worry about what we're having for dinner at this moment. We're just going to go and stay until it gets dark. And we had the best time. That's awesome. It's important to do do that now and then just go have some fun, you know? Yeah, I think I'm just, I'm a planner. So like, it's hard for me to just be like, we're going to do something different. Um, but it's also hard for me to just stay home, which I've learned this year. <laughs> because yeah. I always like kind of map out my weeks of like, oh, we'll see so-and-so or we'll do X, Y, Z. Or I look at all the, you know, mommy calendars online and what activities are going on. And now it's just like, we're home. <laughs> you. right um, well you sent in the question last week asking for for some idea, ideas yeah. for outdoor activities over february break so do you do you have anything any ideas in your head for next week um well i'm taking a grad class so i really need to work on that um which is not a fun thing for my kids to watch me do um <laughs> what class what class are you taking i'm taking two but i'm almost done with one i'm doing one that's social emotional learning through picture books and I'm doing one that is um, teaching spelling in new creative ways. Mm. So the spelling one is what I'm tackling over break. Um, but other than that, I mean, this weekend we're, we're gonna mask up and go sledding again with one of my best friends and her two kids. Um, Jackson is turning six. So happy, if, birth happy birthday, Jackson. <laughs> if the weather holds out, we're gonna go to a playground for that. Um, but man, it's like 20 degrees. <laughs> so yeah. it's hard. I was looking all last night at the calendars and there's some places that have some fire pits or things like that. Um, you can rent or go sledding or snowshoeing or ice skating, but 
Dave has to work and it's a little bit hard with Zoe's motor things and to do like ice skating or something. I'm trying to convince them to go like tubing, but mm. we'll see. I don't, I really don't have very good ideas. That's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard. I hope, hopefully I give you some, but I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully it won't be like this cold all next week. I know this weekend's supposed to be pretty freezing. Yeah. As long as it's like 40, we could do anything, mm -hmm. but 20 is rough. So you, you mentioned earlier that when you were um, in journalism, you were, you worked in like the, the food, a food column or like food and arts. Right. So, and, and that you are, you are a big like food person. You like to talk food, right? So let's. I, I love food. Um, I, I worked under the food editor, Cheryl Julian, when I was at the Globe. And then when I was working for that events company, I landed at, um, a weekly events column about food events in the Metro. Mm. And then um, did uh, Wear Magazine for a while. I, I freelanced um, for a period in there where, where I was working for a few places, but mostly focused around the restaurants in Boston, yeah. Let's talk food for a minute. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> so let me see, let's set, let, let me set the scene here. It's on a freezing cold night like tonight let's say it's like a Saturday night, freezing cold Saturday night. What is like your go-to takeout restaurant or cuisine? So the easiest for us right now that we do is Kamala's just because um, my kids really enjoy meatballs, garlic bread, pizza type deal. Um, we like their sandwiches too. Um, so I'd say that's probably where we get our most takeout. If I I love a good burger too when you're cold. Mm -hmm. uh, I love tasty burger. If you were doing a fancy burger, I'd tell you to go to Seaport and go to Trillium, but. Mm, I think I've had that um, burger. It's delicious. It, it's like no contest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not really settled into a cuisine. I love <laughs> most food. So, I mean, we love Mexican food. Um, it all depends on the mood of the day. I feel like Thai, Indian, we can go whichever way, but that was the, um, cool part when I was young was like, uh, you know, I didn't have money, but because I was writing about it, I could go to like these openings and, um, test all these places. So I'm a little bit out of my league now of like, I'm sure there's way more new places since I've moved out of the city, but, um, it was a super fun time to just be in my 20s and eating at all these places that I couldn't afford. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't a teacher, would you be like a food editor or a food writer? I thought about it. I almost went to culinary school in my whole, what am I going to do with my life mm. uh, thing? But again, there's not many guarantees there. There's not like so many Cheryl Julians and um, people like that in our city. And um, it's a lot of money to dish out for you know, it's like the pipe dream of like, I want to be a pro athlete. Like it can happen, but you're putting a lot of eggs in one bat. So I felt like I had to also think of a plan B, right? Are you, and, are you saying I'm not going to be in the NBA? Well, I mean, I think, I think, I, I mean, Brady's a little older than you. So you got like four years or so to like still, make it. Could still happen. <laughs> could still happen, Terry. Don't, cr don't crush me. 
um what are do you cook what are some things that you like to cook yeah we we actually in this whole pandemic mess got into hello fresh so they send the ingredients and the recipes but you still have to cook it from scratch and um it's good because it gives us ideas but um we both like to cook in my house so it's nice because we don't have the commute time right now i don't know how it'll be when um both of us are commuting again and, and cooking later at night, but right now we're enjoying it. And every week you pick from a bunch of choices. So like last night we had beef bulgogi and I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you are. Racha and really cucumber, carrots, rice mixture, delicious. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Do the kids do the kids eat that stuff too, or oh, just even no. they? Come on, <laughs> you know better than that. I know it's a uh, dumb Zach, question. Jackson is actually like decently adventurous. Jackson will try a bite of almost anything, and he will like fall for certain things about like there's one that's like sweet potato taco, like quesadillas or something that he will eat or beg for when we have it. Um, but typically, no, we do, we do the two person order and then do the kids meal on the side. Like they're the typical kids menu of pizza, grilled cheese, chicken nuggets, fish sticks, or like peanut butter sandwich, you know, yeah, everything that every child will eat. And Andrews. if your child eats other things, I'm just jealous. Same. Yeah. I have a, I have a very picky eater with my, with the, oh, and mac and cheese. I, like Zoe eats a box every day for lunch so nice craft or I don't, I don't need letters about how bad that is for her did no. <laughs> we, we all we all grew up on mac and cheese I think it's fun yeah I'm hoping it's a little better but I did read something about that cheese a little while ago that was not not a favorable review yeah whatever nothing's nothing's good for you so <laughs> <laughs> what's the point of even reading about it um um, I wanted to ask you, what shows have you been into recently? We like to talk TV and we usually, you know, we'll yeah. text each other with good recommendations. Me, you and, and, and Miss Harvey usually have like a nice yeah. little text chain going with some, with some TV stuff. So what are you into? Um, so, I mean, I run the gamut of trash to uh, things we can all agree on. Uh, so Monday nights are reserved for The Bachelor. Um, which most of you would probably laugh at, but that's like my mindless TV. And then um, Dave and I are on season three of Cobra Kai. Um, so that's kind of our shared show at the moment. I did start watching Bridgerton when he's like playing his video games or not around. Um, Bridgerton is not like my typical show because I'm not much into period pieces, but it's decent what is what's Bridgerton about it's kind of about like you know back in the day England when they're you know arranging marriages and like giving dowries for women to marry men and kind of the season of prancing them in front of everyone and seeing if they'll get chosen <laughs> so it's not it's not necessarily my jam but I, I've heard a lot of good things about it so I'm in the middle of that one a little like Downton Abbey-esque type of that, like that genre. I, I can't even tell you because that's not my genre that I typically am like, no. Yeah. 
but the male lead is like a bit more attractive in this one. So I, I gave it a shot. <laughs> it's kept your interest, I say. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if I was gonna ask this, but I think I'm gonna ask you, how many times do you think you've cried in Mr. T's office? Like, oh, like if the over under was set at like four and a half, is it, oh, is it over? Is this like a common question or you just know that I do it a lot? Oh no, just you, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is horrifying uh yeah there's been a lot uh, i'm not i'm uh, as i told you i'm an anxious person in general but with everything that went on with zoe i think a lot of my conversations with him have been around like either needing to take time off for that um different things that i didn't know was going on surprise jackson's coming soon <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I'll um right after I had another baby so yeah they've been like really emotional times and I think we're super lucky in the fact that um Mr. Toledano is so soft-spoken and I feel like you know it takes a lot of me to be like all right I'm gonna go tell him this personal thing um about me and have been very emotional with him before but um to be honest I think he cares or at least makes me feel like he cares so much about balancing your personal life with your work life and like that family does come first in when things like that are important um that I've always left feeling better than I went in but to give you a number I have no idea yeah I, I no think idea. we'll say it it's safe to say it's more than four probably yeah I would say it's probably like a handful yeah yeah Mr. T is always he's he's I mean you could say many great things about him, but he's um, always so supportive of of um, us finding doing what what helps us find balance in our life mm -hmm. between professional life and personal life. And um, you know, he he all he's he's always willing to listen, and he's always willing to to give you the the, the space or the time or the flexibility to do what you need to do, which I think is uh, I think we're all, we're very lucky for that. Mm -hmm. What are some of your career highlights? Oh, wow. Or anything that you're like most proud of in your, in your teaching career? Um, I think the more time goes on, um, just the relationships. Uh, we talk, uh, you know, Mr. Holly talked about a couple of weeks ago in, in the morning, like what he misses the most is the cafeteria. And, you know, being at the Tobin for almost a decade, these little kids that were, came in as babies are now so mature, or these kids that are graduating high school are coming back and telling us these wonderful things that they're doing, whether they were the most scholarly kid we had or the most um, challenging kid that we had. I feel like they come back with these amazing stories that make us so proud and, in the morning to get high fives and hugs remember when you could touch people but um that that relationship building and and knowing people over the years um really does i think make us feel like a community um and is beyond a lot of what moments i've had you know of course it's great to have a kid that have an aha moment and you feel like you made the lesson that made it happen but just in perspective for the whole of the years is 
to me, it's all about the people that the teachers too, and the, the friendships that we've made. Um, and the learn, I, I feel like in my job, there's so much learning from each of you because I've been in so many classrooms um, of so many different styles and different subjects that I learn from everybody that I get to work with. And that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being such an important part of that community, Carrie. So we're very lucky to have you. Um, I know we have another uh, commitment coming up soon, so I will let you go. But um, I want to just thank you for taking the time to be on here. Thank you for sharing um, some personal stuff. Thank you for um, being such a great teacher and, and, and member of our, of our community. And thank you for being a good friend to me all these years. So. Thank you. <laughs> this was fun. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me. I, I miss seeing you and I miss hanging out with you. So Thank this you. was great. All right. I'll see you soon, Carrie. Okay. It's mailbag time. This week we start not with a question, but with a message from our wonderful pre-K teacher, Miss Aird. This message is for our entire Tobin community. Hi, Tobin family. This is Miss Aird. I'm here today with a bit of sad news. My partner and I have decided that the best choice for our household right now is for me to stay at home during these uncertain times. So unfortunately, I'm going to be leaving the Tobin on February 26th. I'm heartbroken to be leaving the community I've learned with and grown with for the past five years, but I'm blessed to have spent this time with all of you in the first place. I don't really know what the future will hold on my end, but I would be proud to return someday. In the meantime, thank you for the memories and I will miss you all. I'd like to just take a moment and say goodbye to Miss Aird. Um, Miss Aird is a very special teacher in our school. Uh, a lot of teachers you could kind of picture teaching different grades. Many of us have taught various grades over the years, but Miss Aird is just born to be um, a pre-K teacher. And uh, this is really a tremendous loss for our school community. But Miss Aird, um, you will be dearly missed and we hope to see you back at the Tobin in the future. Hello, Mr. Gordon from Ms. Carter. I think it is very interesting and cool that Gia is also an elementary school teacher and that you might talk shop at home with her sometimes. I'm wondering what are some valuable things that you have learned about teaching from Gia over the years? These could be small things like books to use for read-alouds or particular lessons or something larger like a philosophy of how to handle things. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Ms. Carter. Yes, my wife Gia is a first grade teacher and she is the best teacher I know. And she doesn't listen to this, so I can say that without, you know, worrying she'll get a big head. But um, she, when we met, it was my first year teaching, and she had been teaching for maybe four years or so. So she had some experience, and so I've learned a lot for, from her over the years. Um, I would say the main thing that I really took from her was her approach to writer's workshop. So when I was teaching first grade, we didn't have any sort of, uh, like, writing program or curriculum, like how we use Engage for math and focus for reading. So I was always just kind of creating my own material, constantly adapting it, trying new approaches, uh, taking various professional development offerings, things like that. 
um, which was which was fun, but it was also just a challenge. Um, and her school at the time was using Lucy Calkins, which I'd known of and heard of, but didn't know all that much about. Um, and Gia was using it, and I've mentioned on this podcast before that she is uh, type A, very organized, detail-oriented. Again, she doesn't listen to this, so I can say that freely. Um, but she was like meticulously crafting uh, writing units with, with really detailed, really fun and engaging lessons. And so I, she shared it with me very generously, and I learned so much just about how to approach writing in an organized, uh, meaningful, engaging way. And writing really became like my favorite thing to teach in first grade. Um, and it's one of the things I miss most about about first grade. Um, but, you know, we, we do try to turn off the school talk to feel like we're, we're not working all the time, which, which is a challenge. Um, this is a challenge anytime a group of educators get together outside of school, as we all know. Um, we also have many teachers who live in uh, multi-teacher households at the Tobin, uh, like Mr. T and Ms. McNamara, Ms. Sinamo, Ms. DeForge, and Mr. Paremba. So um, I wonder if they struggle with this, but but we kind of like set some boundaries about um, we can't just talk about school all the time. Um, so we kind of shut it down and talk about other things. Um, thanks for the question, Ms. Carter. Hey there, Mr. Gordon. This is Missy Kamu. My question is, what is the funniest joke you know? Thanks, Ms. Kamu. I really had to sift through my material to come up with a good PG joke for our listening audience. Uh, here's a crowd pleaser. How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. <laughs> it makes me laugh still. Um, that's always a crowd pleaser with our elementary students. Um, if you want to hear some more adult jokes, um, we'll have to do that off the air. Maybe at our next um, staff get-together outside of school. Thanks, Mr. Kamu. Welcome to the Beard Power Rankings. Sadly, again, there are no rankings this week because we didn't have any school-wide PD or meetings this week. I really only saw Mr. Z, uh, whose beard was actually looking really nice. Nice job, Mr. Z. But I didn't see enough people to really do a, a full power rankings for this week. Um, next week is February break, so there will not be a pod. So, um, my friends, that gives you two weeks to grow that beard before our next uh, beard rankings. Next week on break, um, water it, get it some sunlight, and let's see what happens. Thank you to my guest, Mrs. McDonald. Thank you to Ms. Aird, Ms. Carter, and Ms. Akamu for sending in questions, or I guess sending in a, a farewell message in Ms. Aird's case. Um, as I mentioned, next week we are in February break, so there will be no new episode. Uh, man, what should I do? Maybe hit the beach? Maybe travel? See the world? Oh, wait, it's a pandemic, and it's 20 degrees outside. Um, cool. Anyway, everybody, enjoy the Zoom break at the very least. Um, try to get outside, get off the screen, and I will see you in a couple weeks. Until then, be safe, be kind, be you. I love you all.